Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this uh, Tuesday's episode of Recipe for Success. Um, I hope that you're all doing well out there. I'm Laurie Salarulo, your host of the show. And as you know, this is brought to you by Junior Achievement, uh, where we are inspiring and preparing young people for success by teaching entrepreneurship, career skills, and financial literacy. And boy, has there never been a better time to teach financial literacy. Um, a lot's been going on, and one of our guests uh, that we have with us today, who I've been anxious for you to hear from, is none other than the infamous Tom Lafredo, the managing shareholder with Gray Robinson right here in Fort Lauderdale, and let's bring Tom in with us. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. How are you? How are you doing? Just fine. Virus-free, uh, in the office, socially distant from uh, the rest of the world. <laughs> so you closed your door. I could see on the front you had a special like wreath on your door. I have, uh, yeah, I have several wreaths. One of our partners, uh, uh, a former uh, girlfriend, was in the wreath business. So I have a wreath for every occasion. The the Gator wreath is now on the door, Florida Gator wreath, and uh, also behind me waiting is the American flag wreath. Um, uh, perhaps we'll fly that when we're all liberated from uh, home bondage, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. I'm not out in the streets protesting for it, but I got good news that the golf courses are open this weekend. So, are they really? Uh, yeah, so I can go out and stress myself out, you know, more uh, with my horrible play. But you know what? It's uh, life is renewing. So hopefully that's the start, and we'll get everything else open around for Lauderdale when it's safe to do so. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so it, our producer, of course, always has to make an appearance, Mr. Patrick there. He's gonna go <laughs> good morning, Patrick. Say good morning, Ms. Lafredo. Good morning. He's going to go get on the treadmill now, so then we can have breakfast. <laughs> Kitty, he's lost 16 pounds through this. That's one thing in our household. We've good been focusing him. on health. That's a great focus. I hear Thanks. you. Uh, Thank you. Um, so, Tom, tell me a little bit about um, Gray Robinson and how you all adjusted. I, I don't think Gray Robinson, our law firms, were, were remote companies before this. So how did you transition? Tell us a little about well, that. Certainly the, the bulk of the staff, uh, non-lawyer staff, were not remote other than perhaps the top level staff folks like our CFO and people like that. But uh, none of our secretaries work remotely. Um, none of our paralegals, you know, uh, sometimes they would, but, you know, the vast majority of our staff work here in the office every day, you know, 830 to 5. And um, it was a transition. We were able to do it in less than a week, about six days. Um, had to buy a bunch of laptops. Um, and because um, we had staff who were frankly concerned about coming to work um, every day. Then, of course, some of them... Uh, once they're able to work at home, then realize they were stuck at home with, say, their husband or whatever. And then suddenly they popped up at the office. Um, but 
uh, 95% of the staff who could work at home are working at home, including my assistant, um, who loves it and was, you know, was very happy and appreciative. And, you know, there's issues that logistic issues that go along with, you know, transplanting your workforce from here to home, um, you know, recording hours and, and technical issues, of course, but, you know, frankly, enough wood, it's been a, an excellent transition. I, I'm not aware of anyone in our, even our entire firm, um, that's been infected or, you know, what have you. So our, our social distancing here at Gray Robinson um, is working. So far has worked, at least to my knowledge. And lawyers could always work remotely. We have that ability. Many didn't, but we had some, um, some interesting transition for some lawyers who are used to, um, let's just say, having uh, someone here at their beck and call uh, every moment, you know, get me this, get me that, uh, uh, you know, they'd handwrite something instead of doing it themselves on the computer. Um, and, you know, they've had to adjust as well. And, you know, they've also done a good job, you know, I'm not going to say their ages or what have you, but they were old school. Uh, and now they're new school, or at least they're newer school than they were before. And uh, including myself, because I, I really working at home is, you know, my dog's going to be on top of me and, and the TV's on and, you know, what have you. So, um, but our office has stayed open the entire time with a skeletal uh, crew, receptionist, office services, and whatever um, lawyers or staff want to come in. But there's so few people here that we're able to, you know, comply with all the social yeah. distancing guidelines. So how are you dealing with the, the clients, right? Servicing the clients. Are you doing that technologically as well? No choice. Um, you know, everything's being done um, remotely or, or, you know, te technologically by phone, video conference, email, et cetera. Um, I was able to mediate a case last Monday with parties in, I want to say five different council and parties in about five different states um, here using WebEx. And uh, we went nine hours and we probably had about maybe five to 10 minutes of downtime that were due to some kind of technical issue, someone like I started here today with no sound or what have you. Uh, but literally um, it, it was flawless uh, in terms of other than those first few minutes um, and getting done. And um, it, it, I think it's going to be a, um, you know, this is a wake up call for folks, or at least not a wake up call, but an introduction to the future of business. Um, you know, lawyers are used to being in court. They're used to being in depositions and in court for hearings or trial. I don't think we're going to have video jury trials, but um, there was just an article in the Daily Business Review last week that um, uh, federal court and a judge I used to actually clerk for held a two-day video trial. Uh, it was a bench trial, so it was only the judge deciding, but witnesses appeared via video. Lawyers did too. Um, and of course, you know, um, the parties had the right to consent to that situation. Um, and it worked. And, um, you know, so, you know, we're going to have to transition as an industry in the, in the legal business. Uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, there's cost cutting measures here. We don't have to travel. You don't have to go, uh, you know, uh, you can do video depositions where, you know, the videos essentially are, you know, the, the, the technology is free. Um, and uh, it will make things more, you know, time efficient, frankly, because you, you take out, if, if I have to take a deposition in Miami, I've got to leave at least an hour early to drive down there, what have you. Um, but now, you know, it's going to be second nature to do these things via, via video. So, yeah, so, yeah, it sounds like it's definitely going to change the industry, uh, to some degree and, and, and not what just, uh, 
yeah. everywhere, you know. Everywhere. Um, exactly. I mean, you're looking at medicine, right? Telemedicine, although I still think I want to see my doctor in person um, so she can yeah. look in the eyes, right, right and, and see things. Uh, or hear things, maybe that you would. Plus, hear. you don't want to get you don't want to get chipped out of the experience of waiting for an hour and a half in the waiting room with sick people. You know, I was that's there part yesterday. Of the, that's part of the, that's part of the lore. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to wait at home watching TV for their doctor to pop up on a video screen? You know exactly, exactly. So I'm curious, Tom. So how this must have been? I would assume, and and I don't want to assume, um, but. I would imagine this has been a busy time for you because as companies are going through changes and they're laying people off, I mean, economically, right? So many companies are struggling and having to make these really tough decisions. Um, what, what are some of the ways that you're supporting these companies out there and are they reaching out? Right. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. And as, as this all hit as a firm, we, um, you know, looked at this and there were practice areas that obviously are not in that situation that are not, um, you know, killing it right now because, you know, real estate trends and things like that um, are, you know, more on the, and, 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 you know, there are no jury trials and a lot of the judicial proceedings, although they're moving forward, they're not necessarily um, moving quickly. Um, but, Areas like labor and employment, obviously, bankruptcy is starting to heat up. Um, and also, you know, we have a whole group here that assists um, companies, small businesses, large businesses with regard to government relief, the packages that Congress has put out, because um, there's so many different, you know, grants, loans, PPP, SBA, you know, you, you name it. But it it's all being done very quickly. And there are a lot of um uh, regulations and procedures that have to be digested and then explained to clients who are desperate for uh, loans to, you know, keep open, make their payroll. So from my standpoint, as a labor and employment attorney, of course, you get the, you know, anytime there's a, a recession or a downturn, you're going to have uh, employment loss. Um, that's the big key. And in this situation, also, we had at the outset, um, several laws that um, Congress passed on an emergency basis, essentially, that said, look, um, you know, everyone's familiar with the Family Medical Leave Act, um, and that normally applies, you know, tw under certain circumstances for employers of certain size. Hey, you get 12 weeks off unpaid um, if you have a medical emergency or you know, a serious medical condition or you're having a child, adopting a child, caring for someone with a serious medical condition. Well, Congress decided that we're going to have a whole bunch of people across the country who are going to be out of there's been no daycare, there's been no one to watch their children, et cetera. So they essentially uh, implemented an emergency FMLA that not only uh, applied to employers, um, you know, with 50 employees and more as a traditional FMLA does, but to small employers, 10 employees, you name it, anything for 499 employees down. And it provided that same 12 weeks if you, you could certify that uh, you needed daycare, you, your daycare was canceled or you know, the, the schools are closed as they are now, and you have to take care of a child or a, a minor under 18. And not only that, normally FMLA is unpaid. This imposed requirement that essentially those employees who are eligible in that 12-week period will get two-thirds of their pay, um, normal pay. Um, and the benefit to the employer is obviously, you know, hey, you're being magnanimous and generous and compliant with the law, but also 
um, you'd be eligible for a tax credit if you go ahead and, and, and make those payments to the uh, employees. So it's really uh, a win-win. Um, but of course, there's a million questions with that. There's another act that provides for two weeks of emergency leave under certain circumstances, paid emergency leave. Um, and you know that could be used for the first two weeks of the FMLA, and then you go to the two thirds for the next ten weeks. But a total of twelve weeks, and there's caps and this and that, and exceptions for very small employers that they can show it, et cetera. So as you can understand, uh, in addition to the typical layoffs or furlough questions and things like that, complying with these new laws, um, even though they're on an emergency basis only and will end at the end of the year, right now they're they're hot issues. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll bet one of the ones that you're starting to hear more about, and you mentioned golf courses are reopening. So um, things will start to reopen soon. Um, I think we all hope, um, but safely. And so what do you see? Will the federal government get involved in some regulations about how we reopen? Um, will there be practice measures, right, that we have to follow as companies? What do you see happening with the reopening piece? Well, what's interesting about that is that typically we would probably see the feds take the lead uh, either through the CD with regard to workplaces. We would certainly have some guidance from the CDC, which we, we do have. Uh, and then ultimately OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, uh, whose safety and health rules govern most workplaces. Um, you know, uh, the current administration has been um, inconsistent with its application of federalism. Uh, sometimes they take control and sometimes they don't and they leave it to the states frankly if i'm a governor if i'm a mayor i'm going to make sure that i get all the information you know i need and to prepare my own rules and regulations or have them ready um but yes there will be strict um and in fact i'm working on a webinar now to put together the kind of the, the post-pandemic workplace and what you can expect there's going to be you know uh cleaning you know cleaning requirements masks are going to have to be worn um, if you have a, an employee that may be more susceptible, maybe has autoimmune deficiency, you may need to isolate that employee in the workplace, not as punishment, but as protection. Right. And then, um, you know, there's a whole, you know, can, and now the CDC has just issued a, um, uh, some, some um, moving forward requirements and the, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has said, you can test employees before they come back to work. To ensure that they don't have the virus you know asymptomatic is the you know most people are asymptomatic in those first two weeks but yet they can carry and infect other people with the virus so um you know yeah there's a whole slew of regulations that are coming out um it's all new um because workplaces aren't open yet but you know it's happening it's going to happen soon the pressure is building the the results of the social distancing are working which gives even more impetus to the idea hey let's let's reopen let's we can follow the same kind of social distancing kind of like we're doing now with the skeleton crew here and keep everyone safe but allow people to work make a living etc um and help the economy bounce back because obviously that's you know going to be the next big concern or you know after we survive the pandemic yeah i know parents are anxious in a lot of cases to get back to work um what do you from a litigious right point of view what do you see happening when this all starts to come with the layoffs and the furloughs and all of these things well, do you expect and with the reopening do you expect that the number of cases or or legal but whether it's complaints or legal cases are going to increase um yeah of course i mean that's that's inevitable anytime well anytime for whatever reason there's an economic downturn um 
there's going to be an increase in litigation across the board and of course bankruptcies and that and that type of work um because there's less money available and more and more reason to fight for it let's put it that way and there's job loss um you know of course to the extent that layoffs are because companies go under or um you know because of the economy those are decisions that are easier to defend uh so long as they're done in an appropriate manner and don't disproportionately impact you know one protected group over another right. um i think the real litigation you're going to see uh involves business interruption insurance um you know large landlord tenant movie theaters across the country that are now learning bankruptcy or you know will be in rent disputes with their landlords um or you know just businesses in general um yeah most that the the conventional thinking is that you know to the extent you have business interruption insurance um it doesn't cover a pandemic it doesn't cover uh a virus that forces the government to shut you down or forces you to shut down your workplace has to be you know a, a, a meteorite has to you know hit ja's headquarters right uh, that may be business interruption insurance you know like that's really going to happen um but this pandemic is real and it's, it has real economic consequences but it doesn't look like that's going to and you know it's early but it doesn't look like that's going to you know that the costs there are going to be transferred over to the insurance industry uh, at least with regard to business interruption um and of course if that did happen if these claims were all covered well then we'd be bailing out the insurance, the insurance industry because it would bankrupt the insurance industry despite right. all the assets they have because you know the claims here would be you know billion hundreds of billions trillions whatever you, whatever number you want to put on it think about all the lost revenue over the last you know six weeks or so across the country across the world um you know it would it would cause a, a collapse of the market yeah yeah i would imagine you know um it sounds like you are busy um you know probably busier you're going to be busier in the next few weeks um and so I want to say thank you because you always make time for us at Junior Achievement. Uh, Tom, one of our board members for those watching and has really been great counsel for us on employment and labor issues. My pleasure, my pleasure. And we appreciate your guidance. And um, and so I, I, of course, recommend you highly to everyone I know. Um, but so it'd be interesting to watch and I would love to bring you back at sure. some point in the next few months to kind of give us an update of what's happening on the legal side, right? As we re-enter um, for people to hear a little bit about how, how things are going. Anytime you want. It's easy uh, to connect right. now on video. <laughs> now, that <laughs> now, that we got the technology, now that we got the technology figured out. So, um, so I always ask this question before I end an interview. Um, you're a successful attorney here in town, especially in your field, well-respected. What's your main ingredient to success, Tom? Wow. Um, well, first of all, it depends how you measure success. Uh, you know, uh, some people measure it financially, uh, spiritually, um, romantically. Um, you know, I think uh, at the end of the day, the most important thing is that you are true to yourself and that you um, I, don't, I, I feel like every day I want to contribute something, um, you know, I, whatever success I've had, I owe to being raised by parents from the greatest generation who went through the depression and World War II and you name it. And, um, you know, instilled in me what they thought was best in people and, and treating people fairly and, 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 and being humble and et cetera. 
Um, and I've benefited professionally from having fabulous mentors when I was a young lawyer, um, from the federal judge I clerked for to the, the two partners I worked for my first three or four years, uh, an African-American woman who desegregated her high school uh, way back in the 60s, is, you know, brilliant lawyer, and a, uh, a gentleman who was a non-vet who, um, uh, after being married uh, and having children uh, and working for the Justice Department, um, came out and, and um, you know, his, his marriage fell apart. He lost his career in D.C. because back then that's what happened when you come out and came down here. And he was, uh, the two of them together, I was, I benefited so much from learning um, from them and their experiences as a, you know, 25 year old kid who grew up in North Miami. I wasn't exactly worldly and they were, and they were brilliant, um, completely different styles. And, you know, you have to develop your own style. You have to be um, who you are, be authentic, be real. Um, you know, if you're not authentic, you're not real. People see through that and, um, you know, you're wasting their time. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, you know, the practice of law, I just try to do everything I can to solve the problem for a client. And the problem may be bigger than the little issue they're facing that they call you about. So you have to look beyond that, see the, the structural problems they may have. You know, uh, an employer misclassifies an employee in terms of independent contractor employee and they, well, we'll fix it real quick. Well, but you have 25 others that you have to go back and fix. Let's fix that problem as well. So, you know, and that's what gives satisfaction. You can assist a client in fixing problems so that their businesses go on and do even better and bigger and better things. That's a real joy I get out of it. So the recipe for success, be yourself, be authentic, um, you know, um, and be good, do good stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, be a good person and, you know, and it all comes back to you. Well, I think I would agree. You are both of those things. And that's what well, I think you. most of us, we all respect and admire and love about you. So, thank and you. you're a lot of fun too. I mean, that's always important, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love, there's a great Matthew McConaughey uh, video where he does a, um, a commencement speech. And he said he didn't enjoy making movies until he just relaxed and had fun with it. And, you know, was stopped worrying about being number one or getting an award and just had fun with it and just right. wanted to give back and make good movies. So to your point, exactly. Thank you so much, Tom, for being with us this morning. Um, stay safe, keep everyone else safe. And we're going to definitely touch back with you in a couple of months and see how things are going out there in the legal field. So you got it. You stay healthy, everybody. You too. Take care. Take care.